Many young people have grown up knowing that it's their cup that needs to be filled up by the teachers, the mentors, the parents, the bosses, the CEOs who have the jug to fill it up. At Boardroom Banta, we are on a mission to make the boardroom as big as can be, amplifying the stories behind the people and filling each other up. We are the founders and this is our story. In other news, the whole gang has dropped sugar. We've been peer pressured to do it. Uh, hi, my name is Sean. I'm a I'm a recovering sugar <laughs> addict. <laughs> I'm I'm three months clean, clean from sugar. From sugar. Ninety-three days. Ninety-three days going strong. <laughs> Every day I think about it. I see those granules. <laughs> white like snow. <laughs> Sweet. Hi guys, my name is Bond Serena. I'm a recovering I'm a recovering noisemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yuri, what are you recovering from? What are you recovering from? <laughs> I'm not a recovering DJ because music is the huh? is is literally the the source of energy in my whole world. It lights me up. What am I recovering from? I also stop sugar. How are your DJ classes? Just came from a DJ classes today. He's mm. been, yeah, he's, he's been taking, yeah, and shadowing the pros. Huh? And the topic of today is the state of our education. Right. Mm. He's taking it into his own hands. His own hands over here. Talk to us about that, Yuri. Yeah, I just came from my uh, DJ classes. Um, which was, you know, so amazing. Um, I'm, I'm under the, you know, the care and the instructions from, you know, one of the best DJs we have um, on the island and even on the globe. He's played alongside, um, you know, renowned DJs such as uh, Martin Garrix, David Guetta, ETC, ETC, and I'm blessed you know, to to have, you know, that opportunity to learn from someone who's had over 25 years of experience in the game. Um, yeah, I think today was quite interesting um, because we have literally gone back in time when DJing just started and everything is on vinyl. So it's reading those records, uh, trying to understand where the music starts, uh, where there's a break in music, where you're going to start, uh, how you're mixing, how do you include different kinds of effects and you do it all manually. So um, yeah, I, feel, I really feel excited. I really feel excited. Uh, I look, look forward to only that class during the week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, Boniface. Now, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, we're actually talking about it over dinner tonight. And um, yeah, we've, we've all pledged to do the, we've called it the Yuri Challenge. So find someone who is the best in their craft and shadow them or learn from them so i've committed to finding you know some wolf of wall street type trader somewhere out here you know go go spend some time on the charts you know get get my get my investing game on point so that's something i'm committing to 
Bunny, Bunny, who 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 are you going to shadow? Yo, I'm looking for <clears throat> if you're out there listening, <laughs> I'm looking for a top producer and a top manager. I want to dedicate a thousand hours in learning how to produce not just general content but film movies and music as well music videos as well as learning how to manage artists if you're out there and you're listening let's look for one another that way that way that brings us into our founders friday episode topic which is just the state of education right we we had episode 20 recently with none other than Mr. Roshan Paul, who, who set the stage for us in terms of um, just a bit of background. I mean, Roshan, Roshan Paul is a serial entrepreneur specializing in social impact. So he co-founded the Money Institute um, and, and, you know, has been using that as a vehicle to incubate social entrepreneurs around the world and, um, you know, people who are focused on creating impact here, there, and of course, one of the things that he's come across and he he mentioned in the previous podcast was the fact that there's a huge disconnect between what goes on in our university and high school classes versus what's going on in the in the real world and what's expected of us to bring to the table after we've come out of these institutions. And oftentimes, as 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 we discussed, there's a big disconnect, right? And so yeah, I mean, just coming from three three guys here, myself, Yuri, and Omina, um, the three of us have been really passionate about skills training and, you know, connecting young people with opportunities. Um, Yuri himself with um, with Afriply, you know, he's he's been modeling around with with, with different ideas around um, helping young people get into universities easier. So that's one of the things that he had been working on in the past, myself with Project Exponential, you know, doing um, skills training for high school guys, you know, just getting them in that mindset to take advantage of university and have a better sense of purpose. Um, you yourself, with, um, Boniface, with Student Vortex, right? That was another that was, initiative. That was a treat. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, we've, all, we've all put our fingers in this pie, right, in one capacity or another. And we all agree fundamentally that this is an issue that we want to actively solve, right? And it's something that I know us three were working on in, in, in one way or another. Stay tuned, stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, what, what, maybe we can start off with our, our own experiences with, yeah. with experiencing that gap, right? We've all taken gap years. We've all looked for internships. We've all tried to like work different places. Like what are, what are some of our firsthand experiences with, with that knowledge gap and like, you know, yeah. What, 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 what has that been like? Yeah. Um, I think of the first place to start with that, with that exact question is looking at why the things we, the projects we had failed. Right. Yeah. Or didn't necessarily realize the full potential. Yeah, realize the full potential or the impact that we had intended. Mm. I think I remember I had mentioned this in the conversation with, with Roshan. That the reason why 
student vote like had the faith faith weren't able to overcome the challenges that we had at the time was that we weren't creating the one first there was a difference in incentive structures mm. between the school students and mainly the students because we're our, our main our main focus was the students so the disconnect between the incentive structures for the students mm. as and the employers right whether that internship capacity or full-scale em- employment capacity and and the challenge with that that we're able to overcome is we didn't co-create this program with both of these as the stakeholders mm. right and looking back that would have been a way to overcome the challenge because everyone would have their their skin in the game right and you know you, you would be complementing the needs of both of these two different parties to make for a better experience overall for both of them so you know i remember when when i was working through the ideation stage one of um one of our fellow scholars in watson he's called nish nish runs um a tea company called nepal tea quite successful quite successful and what the question you had for me is hold on omina have you you have been put get internships right have you been through have you tried getting internship yourself have you been through these processes to understand the challenges intimately mm. and at the time you know i hadn't joined alu i had every single opportunity every single opportunity every single internship or job that i've gotten i haven't needed i haven't had to do an interview or an application mm. Right, it's been bad guy. No, no. Come on, even you, Sean. I'm sure you hear say go. No, no, we're talking about you right now. <laughs> But it's crazy because it's been. I haven't had to do the heavy lifting in terms of the application process. The heavy lifting was elsewhere, right? You know, being able to be in a position where you're you're headhunted, you're scouted. But then now, in order to understand the problems that you know students face intimately, you really need to be in there right and that's literally what the 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 stage i'm in right now right second year alu students you know we have our internship season in may between may and august um one month of it is already dedicated to a different program but then i need to figure out okay how is my where am i going to get that internship experience so i'm right in the middle of it all and it's interesting now i see the value of what you know nish was saying of okay now you have an intimate connection with the problem and therefore when you're right in the middle at the eye of the storm right you have that clarity of mind of okay how do we figure out what's going on around us to bring the storm down and 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 maybe maybe for our audience we, we we could we could define a bit more like about the problem right like you 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 like from from your perspective you know like what's what's the issue you know like what's what's the situation on on the ground right now and like w- why do you think something needs to change before we even get into talking about some of the potential solutions or um ways that all of us including our listeners can participate in making this uh process or, or ecosystem easier when it comes to careers finding careers skills training etc I think I think I'd want to tie this to my experience of applying to universities overseas 
And I think one of the biggest gaps that, you know, that many students have gone through, I being one of them, is finding yourself in the moment where you're supposed to perform and sort of put your application forward and be like, oh my God, I had no idea about this. Oh my God, I wish I knew once you've already put your application. Oh, no one ever mentioned this to me, right? And I feel there's such a big gap in information to be shared with many students who are looking forward to, you know, getting into, you know, universities. And this is pretty much, you know, reference to also, you know, that student who is in university now and wants to get into a career. Same narrative, right? There's some level of preparation that needs to be put um, into account. And this involves, you know, just being aware that it's not always about getting the A, right? So many students graduate from, you know, Kenyan high schools from, you know, with so many A's, but how many of them get a chance to study um, at ALU, right? How many of them get a chance to go outside and study at places such as Harvard, right? It's because this, there are different kinds of metrics that they put into consideration before they accept you as an applicant. Same as, you know, different kinds of companies. They look at how you're able to fit into that vision. So case example, you know, I'm an upcoming DJ. And today there's something interesting I learned is that 80% of the success of my live performance comes from the preparation that I put in every single day to ensure that my music is properly prepared such that when I, you know, when I'm performing, the, the 20% that is remaining just comes from, you know, certain creativity and skills, right? And, you know, this is something that most of us don't really know, you know? It's really funny that someone would be saying, oh, we're getting into an internship period, but has not sort of gone through that individual uh, training for themselves or they've not had that opportunity to be supported by different kinds of stakeholders to understand like, how do you manage an interview? Like, how do you present yourself? How do you network? Um, Exactly. So So many things need to be put all together within the whole puzzle for you to be able to have a beautiful, you know, picture, right? And most of us within this age bracket don't really know. And this is the same thing, you know, that my mentor, our mentor, uh, Dr. Wetcher says is that most of us always expect that we, we get onto the table with our cups empty and expect, um, you know, certain stakeholders to fill it up. But Ideally, people want to see how you can also create value. So have you had certain experiences where you're, you know, generally creating value as a way of preparing yourself to step into different positions? Have you volunteered? Have you been in spaces where you're asking, could I job shadow? You know, we heard about these things in high school, but we're like, ah, job shadowing, not really interested, but it plays such a big role in allowing someone to secure, you know, an internship or getting into, um, you know, a certain career. So just to sort of, you know, bring us back to the, what I was doing in Watson and even the kind of work I, I was doing in Afriply was not just giving students, um, you know, 
an idea that they should have good ACT scores in order to get into these schools, because that's a lie. But there's certain things that someone needs to put into account before they apply for you know bigger opportunities. And with that, it totally changed even how I approach university. And I feel that also you guys on the other side of the boardroom, um, you know, see that, right? There's so many of us who graduate from ALU with first class honors because literally we, you know, there's so many smart people on this campus, right? But how, how are you going to differentiate ourselves when, when we all line up with students from, you know, probably Oxford, um, you know, Ashesi, uh, who also have first class honors? How do you stand out? So that's the biggest question. Back to you guys. That's, it's, it, it's interesting that you mentioned um, oh, a truth that a lot of us aren't ready or, or willing to, to acknowledge the fact that we're living in an increasingly competitive world, right? Youth populations everywhere are, are growing. I mean, not everywhere, no. I mean, there's some countries that are... Yeah. <laughs> birth, Germany. Rates, birth rates are going negative. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like think, think of Africa, for example, um, lots of places in Asia as well. There's a lot of young people who are chasing quote-unquote finite opportunities. I don't think in this world opportunities could ever be finite in that sense. But I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Um, I remember, I remember when I was when I was young. I mean, high school, high school times. You know, um, my my dad, my dad would wake my sister and I up at like four or five a.m. to like revise, to like you know homework see what and you know he'd, he'd be telling us that there's a Chinese kid there's a kid in China who right now is working for the opportunities that in 10 years you'll be chasing and and them they're not being cut any slack by their community they're like expectations are high because you know like for them they're in such a cutthroat environment I mean there's so many people in China it's like Africa there's so many of us but what tends to happen is that we get out of these high school situations and whatever, and, and, and we've, we've not really equipped ourselves to differentiate ourselves beyond our academics, you know, because for a long time, what's been programmed is if you get really good grades, because it's very hard to get really good grades, you have to work very hard. Once you have those grades, the world will open itself up to you. And so many people leave high school, uni, and they're shocked. They're like, Connie, this world isn't opening up to me. I, I had the best grades. I had the best whatever. It, things aren't falling onto my lap. And so that brings us to what Yuri was saying of, and, and, and I loved it. I loved what he said, and, and I actually wrote it down. Um, he mentioned something around creating value as a way to increase your attractiveness, right? Um, if, if I think of my early quote-unquote CV, a lot of it had to do with things that I did just out of my own initiative, right? Like, oh, I started a club in, in school of this, this. You know, you're adding value, but it's in line with something that you, you could write this down, down the line and tell an employer, look, I took initiative, I took leadership, I started something, 
with the aim of doing this and this this was how successful i was in doing this this was the impact this was the impact the metrics these are the metrics you know and and so you find that in the real world that's what matters because when i think of my like opportunities that i got early on etc um be it internships be it like work be it um even starting a startup where I'm busy going to high schools and whatever and hosting workshops. Someone is asking, who, like, what are your qualifications to be running workshops in my high school? You are not even in uni yet. You're, you're doing a gap year. What's that? that you know, the most anno- it's the most annoying <laughs> thing. It is the most number one annoying thing that you, you know. But, but, but what I would do is I'd fall back on the fact that I'm creating value. That is my, that is my unique selling point that I'm not just a random person, you know. And I found that in, in, in all, in many spaces that I was in, as long as I was able to find maybe like a problem that needed solving. And most of the time you don't have the resources to solve it in its fullest capacity, but what can you do at the level that you're at? I believe that if, if, if that is a mindset that is instilled in, a lot of us from an early age finding job opportunities will will become a matter of finding places where you can add value rather than finding places that they would want to employ you 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 get what i'm saying so i i think fundamentally what what needs to to happen is there needs to be a way for people to start or spaces where young africans can begin to add value around them in whatever capacity they can because those are the fundamentals of building your cv before you even get work experience those small things that you do to add value are your work experience because because you are working you've started a, a, a like a, a small shop on campus you know you're selling snacks to other students Th- those are the small things that now when you go to your sales and marketing internship you say okay i might not have been um, employed at like a formal company, but I sold um, 20 sweets, uh, 20 packets of pin pops or <laughs> lollipops in, per week at my school. And I did, you know, I think we have to get out of the traditional CV building mindset to a non-traditional CV building mindset of how can I use the world to build my CV? You get, you get what I'm saying? And I, I, I really like, you know, the what you're bringing up, Sean. Because I have had to learn, uh, mostly from my mentors, that even the smallest things that you document and demonstrate how, you know, you came across a gap or you, you saw a problem in a certain space and you're able to create a solution for it or to find, or find different ways in which you can, you know, fill the gaps is, is exactly what many people are looking for when they're in a position of, I want to employ someone, right? even how small it is, someone sees certain attributes that can be tied to, you know, bigger things. I always say it's, it always starts with the smallest things. Like you can't, you can't tell me that oh, all of a sudden you'll be doing, you know, who knows the very crazy big things. Yes, it's possible to do them, but you need to build, you know, a certain tempo after some time to be able to step onto the positions. I remember there was a time, uh, Yasmina was going through my, my CVO and oh my God, she really tore it apart. But I appreciate that because she allowed me to see that 
here am I, I'm just a 21 year old who's very ambitious and determined to, to make the most out of the experiences and opportunities that I have now in my hands. But I need to understand that I'm building tempo towards something, right? I can't jump you know, 10 hurdles at once and expect that I'll win the race. I'll definitely fall on the fourth one, right? But I can jump one, two, three, four and try and build momentum and probably win the race, right? But it will take some, you know, it will take some patience and humility to be, to be able to step into that position, right? So just, you know, pretty much uh, part of the conversation was like, you know, you don't use big words uh, to describe yourself. Sometimes it's always good to, you know, show a certain level of, you know, uh, interest in growing in a certain field. Don't call yourself a big practitioner, right? Because, you know, with someone like Yasmina, who's, uh, who was our first guest, she's had, a, you know, experiences working in all the continents, right? If probably all of them, right? But the question for me was like, you know, you, you call yourself this certain title, but have you explored the markets in China? Have you explored the markets in Africa? Have you explored the China uh, markets in Europe? So how would you be a leader in this space? But you can call yourself an avid learner who's building, you know, yourself towards that direction. It's, it's, it's very humbling, but it also allows you to step back into that mindset that I need to consistently grow and build certain skills and meet people, talk to a lot of people to be able to, you know, rise, rise to those ranks, you know? So um, that was just my take. Mooney. When I was talking about the CVs, I remembered I, I came across something very interesting on LinkedIn. Yeah. This person had applied to Twitter for an internship and they had redesigned their CV to look like their Twitter, their Twitter feed page, mm. like profile name, your experience, and then ordered their own education or in the form of tweets. And she was like, "This is unconventional. It's not following any of the rules that are usually there. Whether I get it or not, this is. I want them to know that this is me. I don't know if she got it." But um, the lesson I took from that is, and like I'll just tie it back to, um, so we're all coming from, Sean and I are coming from an ALU networking event, right? There were some masters, MBA, yeah, MBA, MBA students who, who were on the island and they swung by to just network with us. And I was on a table with one of our colleagues here on campus. Uh, she's an artist. And the conversation was on, you know, she was saying that one of the challenges that people in the creative industry face is that when it comes to conventional, traditional careers, it's easy to follow a blueprint of, okay, if I want to be a lawyer, a corporate lawyer, I need to get this degree, get this, enter the bar. It's not... It's, it's McDonaldized. There's no, <laughs> there's yeah. no other other way to do it. But this, right? It's very linear. You can't you can't cross your way through. Yeah. <laughs> the suit fans, suit fans. Um, but now when it comes to the creative industry, it's it's called creative for a reason. Yeah. Right. There are no frameworks. Like anything within the law, go for it. 
mm-hmm. right? And now with with things like NFTs, there's no law, <laughs> right? Um, I think Biden, I'll do that news update actually a bit later. Biden passed something about cryptocurrencies today. Yeah. Manash was saying the biggest challenge is exactly that because this, your success is tied very much to you understanding your individual approach, mm-hmm. your values, what is your style? You know, what is that uniqueness about you that you're going to bring to the creative industry? Yeah. And bro, it was such an eye-opener. But then when you think about it, education in itself has also been democratized right now, right? The question that we had of how do we move from school to work, even that in itself, it, it seems like a linear thing from school to work, but it's, it's cyclic, it's, it's iterative, right? You could be in school and are working. What's work, right? How do you, let's start from there, right? Would we define work? as is work earning a living is work creating value like one thing i'm getting from all three of us is work is creating value yeah and you we didn't need to leave school for us to do that we are in school and are creating value the moment we understand that even the value creation itself education itself it's very democratized right now right people are getting online degrees people are getting the free courses on almost anything right now that you can do. So by virtue of that, there's a sense of ownership. And with Yuri saying, he didn't mention this, but he met, he met this, this DJ from his own initiative of walking up to someone and saying, hi, my name is this, right? So even how, how you get opportunities, there is no set. And I remember like before we walked to that networking event, um, the friend that I was with was, was like, hey, Umina, can you give me some tips for networking? And the first question I asked, asked, asked him is, do you know who's, who's at this event? No. Then just walk in. Walk in, be yourself, and be different. And have fun. And have fun, mm-hmm. exactly. Because I remember I, we were talking with Sean earlier this week, and I said, if you are to approach every single opportunity in your life, every single situation in your life, by first, by starting by asking yourself the question, how can I be different? How can I do this different? How can this be done different? How can this be achieved different? You're, you're, you're already ahead of 99% of everyone. Mm, yeah. right? The analogy of a road, if you have two roads, right? And 300 people are on the same road, you're in a traffic jam, you're not moving. And that's the case of you're in a, in a school, in, in an institution, in a country of millions of people, and you want to do exactly what the millions of people are doing. I see Yuri, Yuri, go ahead. No, I, it just it just makes me smile because I remember when like I I came in a bit late because I came from QPIP and it's like one hour from school. But when I when I came, I was like, oh, I see new people on campus. I think probably I should go and get like my name tag and probably write something just down there to stand out. And then I met you. Then you're like, I think I probably would have just stood in front. <laughs> it's really interesting how we get into that mindset that I just have to be unique in my own way. There's no way <laughs> I'm going to fit in into this group. Yo, let me tell you guys exactly what I did. Um, this is a masterclass. Yeah, in networking. Cue the music. <laughs> So I, I left my room, took a shower, came back, put on my 
I didn't have these because uh, guys are like, oh, African attires. Because I came, I saw, yeah. first thing I did, I went there, I saw what's going on. I was like, ah, let me go, let me go prep. Yeah. I was in my shorts, my t-shirt. Yeah. So I went and I didn't have these African. I was like, ah, what can I wear? I wore my Omian Project t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jeans and just shoes. And I just went there, mm-hmm. earrings up, necklace mm-hmm. up, you know, my own swag, mm-hmm. authentic. So I get there and I noticed guys are crowded in one place, yeah. right? People are networking in groups, yeah. you know, and that's a thing, right? If you're, if, you're sh- if you're shy about networking, bring a friend along. You can yeah. always bounce off energy each other. Yeah. We bounce off energy, off each other's energy here right now in the boardroom yeah. or during our guest episodes when it's just me and Sean. Yeah. So yeah, find a partner, you know, let's go network. That's, that's how we started yeah. in Naka Dewey, right? That's, that's tip number one. So we got there and I'm seeing mm, guys are, guys are crowded, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, ah, me, I'm hungry. And I noticed that there are two serving points. So the students who had their serving point and in the, the cafeteria. In the cafeteria and the master's yeah. students had their serving point at the bottom. And I realized once they serve, they sort of pause for like 10 seconds, figure out, oh, where do we go? Where do we go? And then they move in that direction. Yeah. So I went to grab my food and I set my, I started eating right in front of that, of their serving area. Yeah. Because everyone is going to come and eat food at some point in time. Yeah. Right. Design thinking. <laughs> So I position myself. So every single person, the first person they see after they serve the food is me. Yeah. And there's music jamming. Hey, me, I'm jamming. I'm eating my own food. <laughs> first person comes up. Oh, are you always this antisocial? <laughs> that was a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you can dance. Oh, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the thing of stand out from the moment someone sees you, right? You look like yeah. a, a master student yourself, you know, when oh, you're yes. standing. Yeah. And the thing of, finding the easiest way to stand out yeah. remember amar's episode when he was at the world economic forum how was he networking he was looking for the people who are not who other people are not focusing on some guy at the corner mm. because the fact that they're in that space it means that they are that's, people of that's value I, that's that's what i did today talk to us about that Shun. so for me i was like okay people I, I could see visibly people people were crowding people were crowding around like four, five, six uh, par- particular MBA students. So, um, for context, guys, guys, guys who are like, okay, what, what are these guys talking about? So, today um, on the ALU campus, African Leadership University campus um, here in Mauritius, we hosted, we hosted um, MBA students who are from the African Leadership University campus in Rwanda. So these are guys who are doing their MBA, their masters. And so they are here on the island, you know, to do some industry exposure stuff. And so they they were passing by our campus, which is now like the college, right? Um, undergraduate. And, you know, we were to network with them over dinner, that kind of thing. So just a mingle, mingle, mingle kind of thing. And, you know, internship season is coming up. So lots of students are looking for, you know, plugs here and there. Um, you know, some people have never networked before, so they're, you know, going out there to cut their teeth, uh, trying it out. And so one of the things that I, I like to do when, when networking is, first of all, take a step back, you know, especially if it's like a mingling thing, you'll find that there's mob mentality, first of all, around, okay, a group of six friends go to see the same person, 
right? And then another group of people who may know that group of six friends or so come and join them because it looks like, okay, I'm comfortable with these people. So they must be talking to someone interesting, you know, like, so there's a bit of, you know, crowding that tends to happen. And, you know, you find that it's one MBA student and like eight other AOE students. And so what, what I did is I looked to the corners and I saw, okay, are there people who are seated alone? You know, maybe like no one has approached them or something. Maybe like they're a bit more introverted. And so I went to talk to like the guys on the outskirts, you know, guys who are in the shadows somewhere. And and it really paid off because I probably only talked to like three or so people the, the whole of this night. But Same. this one lady that I met, um, she's actually one of the staff members, right? So she she actually teaches them. And she's got a PhD in finance. And, you know, me as someone who's interested in finance, it's like, bam. you know, bam. And, she, you know, she's not like outgoing. Hey, look at me. It's me. It's an, an, an. But like she was in the corner somewhere. And I was like, hmm, you look like, you know, you're hungry. Do you want to eat? Even me, I got my plate of food. And she's like, yeah, you know, bonding with people should always be over food. And, 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 oh, you know, Africans. Africans yeah. and, and, and so for me, that was how I, I, I decided. Let me stand out. Because also I'm not competing with other people for her attention. You get so it was just me and her we spoke had a good time and you know that's that like you, you know so i i guess i guess why why it's easy for us to say this um we must recognize that we've we've had a lot of years Fine. of 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 experience i mean 2016 since, yeah for me it was like 2015 Okay. So just before I these tactics. Yeah, just before I joined ALA, you know, these are things that you know hey man, like but it wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> one thing to also recognize is yeah, like what you're saying, like it was something that you've built up. Mm. And it's, it's from knowing because everyone networks in their own way. Yeah. Right. It's down to your personality as well. Yeah. I start by making people laugh, right? Yeah. I'm not funny, <laughs> funny, you know. <laughs> But I can be funny. And it's, you know, going from there. Yeah. I know you do not say you're funny. So it's not on record. So we don't. <laughs> People will come from here. I don't know. I, don't um, know. I, I, I think, I think, I think, well, 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 you're thinking on that thought. One thing I just want to throw into the wax. Um, when you had brought up the, the topic of just, um, you know, how, how you can stand out. This also applies in, in the workspace. And. And, and, and I think the most important thing that is not emphasized anywhere is knowledge of yourself, self-awareness. Like, who, who am I at the end of the day? You know, I, I think the reason why sometimes, um, even like early, early, like when I started out trying to figure out what I want, it wasn't so much a battle of which opportunities are out there, but rather me not really knowing who I am. You get, because... When, when you're going out to chase these opportunities, you are asked, who are you, right? Like, who are you? Like, what are you bringing to the table? And, and you have to answer that through your CV, through your resume. Through your, exactly. Exactly. You need to, you need to define it for them because they don't know you. Exactly. And, and, and I think there also needs to be a deliberate effort on your end to create that for yourself, you know? So, so you say, okay, I am an entrepreneur, right? Let's say that's your identity. You go out and you create entrepreneurial experiences that back that up as your identity. You know, uh, I'm, I'm interested in um, conservation or nature. Okay. You go out and you do things that back up that thing, you know, finance. like 
finance okay some. go try learning how to trade whatever do that for yourself over time you know and and so i i think what has what 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 helped for me was trying to figure out what's my edge you know and and that's something right now i'm doubling down on we're all doing the yuri challenge right Yo. find 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 someone who's the best of the best in a craft and just double down last point the other day i was talking to my uncle and i asked him he's an architect so i asked him um you know he was he's always curious about what i'm up to in uni whatever um and so i asked him what what are some of your regrets of your college days and it's interesting what he told me he said one of the things that he regrets was not becoming the go to person about certain topics let me explain so he'd be like you know sometimes there were these people who when you wanted to know about um astrophysics you know like what's happening in space or something there's a guy who you know knows this thing hmm, when you want to know about what's happening with geopolitics or you know um economic stuff of the what there's a guy that you knew you could go to and that guy knows this thing. you know and, and he felt like for him a missed opportunity was gaining a significant edge and being the go to person about a specific topic so i i think i think this is a challenge to all of us who are listening to really seek mastery so that when someone thinks of that topic you are the top you are at the top of their their mind when they when they think about who should i give this opportunity to right um i'll show you how this has worked for me over the past couple of years um professional speaking right mcing for events i started doing it when when i was first on the on the tedx team um you know organizing tedx events here on the island and and i tried to mc for as many of those as i could which led me to do it now professionally for corporates whatever and doing it at such a scale where i know that these many companies in mauritius that today if they had an event i would come top of their mind as who who could best host the, you get and perfecting that craft by watching videos of speakers how do i hold my hands how do i how do i nini how do i like project my voice how, you get and and that was just because my uncle told me that was a regret that when someone thought of something he wasn't at the top of their mind you get so that's a challenge for all of us be so good at something that when someone thinks of that specific area you come top of mind cuz now that will mean you'll come top of mind for opportunities you'll come top of mind for um networking oh let me introduce you to so and so oh you might know so and so or you might like so and so oh um i saw a job on linkedin for ninini oh you get i think that's a that's a serious career hack anyway i've i've talked a lot ibu ibu i give <laughs> yuri we'll circle back to that in a bit and yeah, if he's going to come but a hey, that one that one hit me yeah that one just whacked me in the face <laughs> and and also something very interesting uh you know you mentioned something about people grouping uh to meet someone um you know as you have like one in the industry expert in the room and you have like 10 to 15 people trying to have a conversation with someone genuinely such a person is very much overwhelmed right to to communicate and 
certain 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 things that I would probably consider as as you know as a tip that I'll share with our audiences. Sometimes it it doesn't really um, you don't really need to talk to that person then then because they're already swamped by so many people. Yeah. But what 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 you can do that not everyone does is to follow up. Um, hey, uh, Roshan, we met at uh, an, an a networking event in Washington, right? And you are talking a lot about your, your your the new the book that you've just released, and I've had a chance to get a copy, and I would like to have a conversation about you know one of the principles we talked about, which is storytelling. You know, you already stand out from the like the ten and to fifteen people that try to capture his attention uh at the networking event and didn't necessarily follow up right because it's always it always comes down to probably just that one person or nobody really follows up like how many people have you given your business card and they have not really followed up it's it's quite a number right so that that's one but uh there also there's also something that i was good i was introduced to which uh dr julius wetcher uh says it's called the you know the gorilla tactics of of networking uh boniface and i have had the privilege of attending the national prayer breakfast and and you know you know that the president is in the room a couple of members of parliament are in the room the kenyan one kenyan (laughs) the kenyan national prayer yes the kenyan national prayer breakfast exactly and you know you have quite a couple of affluent people in the room right and i remember there was a time when i had sat on a table and i think there were a couple of ambassadors on the table but we also had you know the pas of different kinds of of affluent people on the table and there was you know a 19 year old who's pretty much getting into this whole space of I need to network to create, you know, opportunities and value for not only people, but also for myself, right? It's what Dr. Wache really challenged me to do was sometimes the people on the table who don't necessarily see the value of those people onto their right or to their left, and they'll be there for the food, right? Sometimes it's, it's even though how sweet the drumstick is, put it down. Take your chair away and go and move close to that person. Meet them. Say hi. Um, you know, I, I just noticed that you're seated across. Would you be open to have a conversation like this? Could we could we go together and grab some dessert as we talk about A, B, C, and D? Like that already allows you to, you know, open up to such a person and, you know, talk about different kinds of things. So don't feel like the person who's seated next to you who might be that PA, not to say that PAs sometimes don't really network, but there might be those people who are in the room, but not they are there on, you know, on contracts, they are working. They don't necessarily, you know, and they're not necessarily there to network. You you probably need to just ask them, excuse me, sir, um, I'd really like to talk to the gentleman uh, on the right. Would you mind, you know, shifting uh, seats? Those are certain, you know, guerrilla tactics that you need to put in place if you really want it that bad. Because once an opportunity is missed, it's missed. You know how crazy it is to get certain people um, in, in into, into one room at once. And you, that might be the only chance you have. So you have to grab it as, you know, as, as, 
as you know as as much as possible in every way uh, that is ethical and morally upright, right? So yeah, back to you, Bonnie. I think that was just something that just came up. You know, just those m- many memories you have that make you feel a bit nostalgic. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> an interesting one. You just reminded me. You know those prayer breakfast. I bottled them. I've never successfully networked. I've been to I've been to two of them. Kenya National <laughs> Prayer Breakfast. You guys is invites. This was like back in high school when we were yeah. uh, when we were well networked. You know, we used to we had. Hey. We had our feet on the ground. Hey, nowadays, hey, <laughs> now, but we'll imagine, because like Yuri saying, Yuri, you went for the 27, 18 or 19? 19. 19. Now, I went for the 2017, 2016 and 2017. Right? I was in for two, three. I bottled them. Yo, no, no, I won't even sugarcoat. But, you know, and like what that taught me is to manage my expectations when I go to these events. Right, mm. you go to a place there. Like just an example of today, you're not gonna meet every single one of those people. Like that doesn't mean that's yeah. that's quantity, but not quality. Like as I always say, you you net with one person and ooh, you're in luck. She's in finance, yeah. right? And you go to some networking events and you wouldn't find anyone. Like you know what Doctor Richie used to make us do. Anytime we go for this event, first thing we you have to have your business cards. Yeah. Or don't even come. Those are the first business cards I ever had in my life. Same. Yuri as well. All yeah. three of us here in the boardroom. Akkad Associate Boniface Umina. I used to pull those things Yo. on girls at school functions, bro. I used to overutilize. That thing that thing gave me game for days. People are writing names on people's hands. You are that checking business cards. Yeah, checking call, cards. Call me over the holiday. <laughs> Hey, yeah. I was like, moves, I was like, what's a card? I'm like, long story. No. Bottom no. line, I have a card. <laughs> I was giving you a card. Again, standing out. Yeah. It, it's in everything. <laughs> but the thing is, after the Akkad event, you yeah. have to have collected X number of business cards from other people. That pushed yeah. you to network. Yeah. At times, and, and you have to write an essay after. <laughs> I'll be 100% honest with you guys. <laughs> The times I just get a card for the sake of getting a card. If I show you, you guys, you, you think I'm kidding right now? Yeah, even me. I, I think it's a habit now. I, I collect them like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how many can I get? This is not planned. I just pulled up business you know, cards from hey, years, hey, years this bro. Actually, uh, this, one, this one might be important. But the, thing, the, the, the thing with the business card is yeah. you can always, as, as long as you remember the event, yeah, that you got this card from, you can reach out to these people five years from. Hey, I got your card from this 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 event. Yeah, Amadou Chico, mm. you know the guest that we had. Mm. I met him at Crown Plaza in mm. 2016 at an Akkad event. We didn't even talk. He was the time. MC. Mm. I met him again in 2020 February in Mombasa at another event where he was like, I reminded him. Remember that event you MC'd, Sean? You remember every single event you MC'd, don't you? Yeah, I do. Someone else in the audience. That's already rapport. That's true. Exactly. What's the and, and you appreciate that they remember you. And you're gonna give them your time. Yeah. Look at the Facts. relationship we have so far. Facts. So, like, as we come, you know, to the final minutes of of this conversation, I'll just mention one last thing. Yeah. That has been the most important. Mm. 
for me at least, right? Yeah. My digital footprint. Uh-huh. Because every single Akkad event that we went to, we take photos, we take mm. photos with, is that, who's that CEO that but take it, post it on Facebook. My Facebook, I used it and I still use it just for posting. I don't use it as much anymore yeah. because I don't have to anymore, right? Mm. But the applications I make- Just say because Facebook is dead. I mean, it's okay for it's us. It's not even that. <laughs> no, but it's like, okay, why are you there? Because yeah. every single, I applied to Watson, the links, the links I put there, oh, how can you account for, you did what in some children's home, you did what mm, where? Mm. The photos are there on LinkedIn. Yeah. That's evidence. Yeah. Or oh, how can you, what proof do you have that you actually provided water for X thousand of students? You, re, you have photos. Yeah. Right. And that can be traced back. Um, If you, if you get like, if you want to know just how deep this digital mm-hmm. brand goes, try and apply for a US visa right now, DS160. They're going to ask you about your digital footprint. Yeah. People, people aren't conscious I, about what they're posting on yeah, social I mean, media. I mean, over the, over the past month or so, I've been applying for different opportunities and every single one of them has asked for at least my LinkedIn, at least. At least. My most recent one asked for my Twitter even. And then my Twitter is a bit wild. <laughs> no, but you know one thing about your Twitter, Sean? Yeah. You tweet things, mastery. Yeah. You tweet things that you know. Yeah. Guys, go, go on Sean's. We're going to put it in the link. Just Sean's, not even me. <laughs> no, me, I'll, I'll give you my LinkedIn. Yuri will give his LinkedIn. But Sean on Twitter, Sean, someone, you, your Twitter, all your tweets compiled in a year. Mm. Try, you try can learn something. Listen, I want you to go do this. Yeah. Look at the growth. Because mm. the times that you've tweeted about, like in the course of a month, you tweeted about a certain topic once, uh, like three, four times. Mm. Right. Every single tweet later, you've improved in a certain area of knowledge of that thing because mm. you do your research before you, you don't yeah. just wake up and tweet whatever oh, yeah. you want to tweet because you, know, like, you, you, you get checked by people <laughs> and that's the yeah. thing that's why i rate your tweet and i'll, I'll just yeah. commend you for that thank you as we as we come to the end of this the question of we had mm. put out the post for this um for this episode before we even um, came in studio, which is something we've never done. But it's interesting to see how, like, some reverse psychology thing. What are we currently experiencing right now? Yeah. Right. We've spoken about that. How is it yeah. different in Africa? We've given, we've given our context of it all. Yeah. Like, what role can we play in taking ownership of our transition from school to work? Yeah. It's all of the areas that, you know, we've accounted for. And we can only ever, if it would come in, give you guys advice on things that we have no idea about it will just be some other youtube video that you could, you could have watched mm-hmm. right but this is the platform where you guys can reach out to us and offline yeah. and be like hey you you spoke about this on the on the episode i'm thinking of trying out the same thing yeah i mean first of all you know one thing that shocks me is you guys have seen the caliber of guests we've had if you're listening to this podcast and you're even remotely interested in one of these guests or an industry they're in and you've not reached out to us to get a connect. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Like you are two degrees of separation from these people literally through us. I mean, like this is what we're talking about when you say creating an edge for yourself, plugging with the people, you know, like 
you have to put your face in there and surround yourself with people who are like-minded. Um, but yeah, I, I do think um, just wrapping it up, taking ownership of our learning journeys, our institutions have failed us, but thank God for the internet. There's nothing that we can't learn. There's no one that we can't connect with. So there's no one that we can't track. There's no one we can't track. <laughs> You can be tracked. We can track people's planes and yachts now. I mean, anyway. But I, th- I think w- w- what what I'm leaving this conversation with a strong feeling about and conviction is creating my own edge in the world, gaining mastery by filling in, by first identifying which knowledge gaps I have and filling it in with both content, like from online sources, whatever, but also people. So can I find someone who's into this thing, into this thing? That's how you get work opportunities. That's how you get shadowing. That's how you get mentorship. And that's how you accelerate your career. The time of waiting of, for someone to give you a job after you've graduated, by the way, that thing has passed. So I think it's, it's, it's up to us to use the tools around us. What do you guys think? We are our only hope. <laughs> yeah, and... Just to you know, wrap it off um, uh, with this episode that has just been you know very epic, and you know we've really opened ourselves up to share you know our experiences. Um, one of the things that I would really love uh, you know to leave our audience with is you know two things, right? Um, building a certain skill, um, building knowledge. Um, preparing yourself to get into certain rooms takes time. Embrace the process, go through it. Don't try to microwave anything. Just enjoy the process, the hard times, the good times, the wins, the rejections, because that's how life has been designed, right? And, you know, after some time, these things will definitely start paying off. And just to, you know, end uh, this episode, I'd love to share like, you know, my pinned tweet that has always been there for like the past two years is, you know, always surround yourself with people who are even more talented and competent than you. It takes tremendous self-trust to do this, a confidence born with high integrity, positive intent, and an attitude of continuous improvement but the results are incomparable. So guys, um, that's us to you. Um, we love you very much. We appreciate um, you know, the, the love that you're also showing us and the support you're giving the podcast. Um, we're really growing and um, you know, we're up to great things and we can't wait to you know, share with you our journeys. Cheers guys and enjoy your weekend. That's us from uh, from the boardroom. Bye bye. Cheers, everyone.